Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. We left off in the last episode with that dream that yeah. Titus had where his dad was making fun of him. Yeah. Uh, and then he woke up saying, I hate you. Um, and it's in this moment, it's still kind of the middle of the night. So he, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he overhears outside the sort of little tent that he's in. Yeah. Lulu and Waka having a conversation. Um, she's sort of chastising him about his brother, Chapu, and yeah. how he won't move on from his death. Like, enough, you know, like, the, you've, you've held on to this too long. And I think she says something like, he can't be replaced or he won't replace him or something yes. like that. And she's referring to Titus. Right. Who Waka then comes and informs us that he looks like him. Now, I don't... Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if uh, it's meant to imply that he like, looks exactly like him or if it's more like, oh, you resemble like you him. you remind me of yeah, him. Yeah, you remind me of him somehow. Well, having not played this game in a while and playing this, my thinking was, oh, Chapu is what they call Jack. Oh, right. okay. I'm like, oh, because it looks like us. Oh, right, because our dad was, oh, I get it now, right? Now, for anybody listening, you don't know who, how Jack fits into this yet, but he's not Chapu. No. <laughs> Chapu is not Jack, but remembering that he fits in somehow and trying to figure out where to place him and then hearing that Chapu resembled us and was once part of the team years ago, it seemed natural for me to then assume that this was Jack. Right. Yeah, I suppose, like, apparently, I don't think we've ever seen, no, we did. We just saw him in the dream. Yeah. So he doesn't really look like his dad It's true, <laughs> but pe that's just a thing that people say. Even yeah. even when people don't resemble each other in art or movies or, or games. Yeah, it's usually yeah. like, oh, he's like his father, even though some people would say they don't look anything alike. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, apparently, Titus looks like Chapu, his Waka's brother. So she's upset. Um, and this is probably something mm. I'll, I'll kind of return to a little bit. I've been having a, a lot of conversations with, um, with our patrons when I do the streams for the game about my feelings about Lulu as a character, and there's been a lot oh, of back and forth with yes, that. Yes, yes. Uh, the voice actress. Um, anyways, there's, there's a lot to kind of like, I, I don't know how much of that I'm going to go over here or not because okay. my feelings are still kind of in flux with this character mm -hmm. as I continue to play through it. She is a very mysterious character. Yeah. We don't I, really know how to take her for most of the game. I think she's a great character, like, on paper. I just feel like um, there's a couple places where she could have used, like, an extra scene or maybe, like, an extra sort of, mm. like, on-screen appearance to help transition her feelings about Titus from, from the beginning kind of towards as the end or something as it develops a little mm. bit but i'll go over that more in detail later if i feel it's necessary okay um the reason she's so mad at waka about this is because she was um i think she was uh chapu was her fiance yeah and he went to join the crusaders mm. and ended up dying fighting sin. Yeah, yeah. So she's she wants to move on from this. You know, she doesn't want a reminder of that pain, right? Mm -hmm. Waka won't let it go. He, he he continues to sort of hold on to his memory and hope 
about him. And yeah. now that Titus has shown up and he looks like Chapu, it's like Waka has really clung to him. Right. And she doesn't like that. Yeah. She's like, no, like, let it go. But it's not so much about, you know, because internally, she wants to be able to not think about it and move on. Right. And with Waka constantly bringing it up and being a guardian, yeah. she's going to continually be reminded of Chapu, and she doesn't want that. Yeah. So that's where the anger is coming from, right? Yes. So she yells at him and kind of, you know, walks off and Waka comes back into the tent and he explains all this about how his brother died uh, in the Crusades against Sin. Mm -hmm. I really liked the end of this conversation because uh, Waka is like internalizing what Lulu has said to him. Yeah. And he's trying to apologize for that. He, he says, I know it kind of looks like I'm using you, but I'm not. And Titus is completely understanding mm. of that and actually thanks him for all of his help. I really liked that moment. That moment was good. Yeah. It's even better in the Japanese. Oh, really? Yeah, it's even better. Um, because he doesn't say, I'm not. Right? Oh. In the Japanese, he says, I know it looks like I'm using you. And then he kind of pauses for a minute and then he says, I'm sorry. Oh. Not, I'm not. He, he apologizes, I right? Like that. So it's, it's better, in my opinion, because mm. he's being a little more honest about it, where he's like, it looks like I'm using you. And I wish I weren't, but I, I am. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry that I'm using you. And 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 then, um, well, Titus is just like, dude, I, I don't belong anywhere. Like, you're <laughs> helping me out. I don't care. Yeah. Right? It's, it's good. I like it better, him saying, I'm sorry and accepting it instead of saying, but I'm not. I'm not really using you, though. It's like, no, he, he fesses up to it. He's like, I'm totally mm. using you. Uh, but, you know. Can we still be friends? <laughs> Titus is like, yes, absolutely. So the Japanese, I think, does a better job. There. Yeah, I like that too. It's a nice moment between them. I, 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 and one thing I really like about what they're doing here, we're probably not going to get up to Luca today. And Luca is where we're going to learn a blitz ball. an element about Waka's personality. Oh, yeah. Uh, without spoiling anything, that... that brings a little more conflict into like how the player feels about him, right? Okay. But what I really like about mm. that is that before they introduce that aspect yeah. of the character, they really attach you to him. Yes, yeah. They yeah. make him very likable. They make him uh, bond with, with Titus, who's our kind of avatar POV character. Yeah. And it's like, you feel like he's a, 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 you know, like an older brother type figure who's taking you under his wing and like really helping you uh, be introduced into this world and really yeah. cares about you. Yeah. And so you feel like genuinely endeared to this character right away. And I like that they yeah. did that first. Yeah. <laughs> because it will actually create nuance to the Good. discussion Good. about what this character, this other aspect of his personality, I don't know if you call it a personality trait, uh, belief system, sure. something yeah, yeah. like that, that makes it harder to just dismiss the guy, right? right? And so I really, really like that they do that, that they they make him so likable early on. Yeah, I think it was good. So I'll bring that up again probably in the next episode when we get to that, but. Um, okay, so the next day, uh, Waka gives Titus Chapu's sword. And, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was like blue, right? Yeah, and, and so, this is where I, I tend to struggle a little bit, little bit to get like a reading or a beat on Lulu because she was so upset 
like the, the one time in the game that is as far as we've played so far, as mm -hmm. far as I can remember, where the the actress actually emotes something oh, yeah. like higher than a very monotone sort of voice. Very <laughs> controlled, yeah. Yeah, like she actually raised her voice at Waka the night before. That's enough Waka, you know, and walked off. So she's upset about him getting attached to Titus like this. But then the next day, <laughs> Waka gives Titus his brother's sword. Yeah. And what she says is... That's the sword you gave Chapu. But it's said so flatly. Instead of her being <laughs> upset about it, yeah. she's just like it's, informing you. Yeah, it's almost just like a completely blunt, nondescript, mm. factual statement. Well, I don't remember much about the Japanese there. But I, I would think yeah. she would be trying to be like, uh, uh, she'd be irritated Excuse me, or are you annoyed. Giving him, yeah. That's Chapu's sword. Yes, what are you exactly. doing? Yeah, we yeah. talked about this last right. night. Stop making him into Chapu. Right. It, there's also the possible meaning of this, which in, in which case she wouldn't have even brought it up. Yeah. Is that um, like Waka is is has been carrying the sword with him this whole time. Yeah. And decides to give it away instead of keeping it with him. Yes. That she might actually like that he did that. Oh, okay. Right, where it's like, oh good, he's finally, I just, but I can't see her liking that he gave it to Titus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what she'd be like, oh, come on, man. What are you doing, right? Yeah. In the Japanese, and at least in part because um, Japanese, there's, it's, it's so uncommon to have a very flat, monotone line delivered in Japanese. Sure, yeah. Right? It's, they're, they're always new, or not nuanced, what's the word? The the tone of voice is always dramatic no matter what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Right? It's a melodrama kind of thing, right? And so I wouldn't have picked on it, picked up on it in that sense, but um, either way, she didn't seem all that upset about it. She didn't She didn't Japanese talk about either. it more. See, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, one of those things, again, I'm yeah. considering as I'm evaluating this character. It, it would make more sense to me that she would be irritated or annoyed by this gesture. I right? would think so. I would Given think so. how she felt about yeah, all this yeah. the night before. Previously. So that's kind of the way I read it, despite how it's voiced. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it, it all makes sense. Like, it, it's very logical for this character to kind of reject Titus at this point. I don't like that you look like my dead fiance. Um, I don't know you, and mm -hmm. we're we're on a very delicate, important mission here where we have to protect Yuna. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't want you here because I don't n understand why you're here or what you're mm -hmm. what you want, and you're kind of dumb and incompetent, <laughs> and I don't want you around. Like right. for her to feel this way is absolutely like congruous with how she should feel given right. her history and given her job like you know what her her title is as, as a guardian right so all of that makes complete sense and she kind of treats him a little bit uh she's a little condescending and dismissive of him and all oh, of that makes sense so. right very much so um but anyway uh waka's response to her saying that's chapu sword was well he didn't use it so so for whatever reason, I guess Chapu didn't take that sword with him or didn't use it. Oh, okay. So it was for him, but it was never actually... Yeah, I guess he never used it. Yeah. So he's like, well, he doesn't need it. He never used it, so I'm giving it to you. Right. So anyway, uh, then you have... Uh, 
This to me you was know. actually another similarity where I figured Chapu was jacked because remember Aron Aron gave us the red sword oh, yeah. in Zenarkand. Right. That's right. And he's like, This is your father's sword. And now Wakai is giving us a sword that's got the hook and the sharpness. Oh yeah, and, the same. But this one's Chapu's sword, but it's like, okay, well. Right, right. Yeah. Anyways, you find out more about Jack really soon. That's why I feel like we can talk about it, because it's going to yeah. be in this podcast. Uh, Yuna comes out of the temple, and she's carrying a really heavy suitcase <laughs> filled yeah. with stuff. And they're all they're all making fun of her for it. It's so funny. And they're because the word she uses is um, I think she says omiyage, like like souvenirs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, like gifts for the other temples. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but in Japanese, the word was omiyage, which which mm. is it's like it's the same kind of it's kind of different connotation. It's a little more touristy. Oh, okay. it's a little more. That actually makes more sense. Exactly. Yeah. It's and I don't know exactly the word. I mean, souvenir, whatever, is probably the best word I can think of in English for that. But it's got a specific connotation. That's like hmm. you go somewhere, and it's it's like it's more superficial than than a than a from the heart kind of gift. It's or more, like a religious gift yes, for the temple. Yeah, or something. it wouldn't have any of that meaning. Th hmm. These are just knickknacks and fun little things, and maybe some some clothes or something. You know. Yeah, and we were talking yeah. about this a little bit before we got started. Um, again, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> um, but given what those of you who have played the game know about the pilgrimage, right, um, and like the, the ultimate sort of destination, right, Yeah. it makes complete sense to me that she kind of wants to bring her, she's, she's not quite ready to like leave her life here on the island behind. Yeah, So yeah. she's trying to like bring it with she's, her. Yeah, <laughs> she's bringing all her baggage, she's bringing right. everything with her, yeah. And, and she's, not, she's not ready, she doesn't feel ready yet to let go of it. Yeah. And, and that's when, you know, Waka and Lulu kind of call her out and be like, you know, like, this isn't, this isn't a vacation yes, <laughs> that exactly. we're going on here. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you don't need that stuff. You've got to leave it behind, we can't bring all of that. Right. right. And she's like, oh, okay, you're right. And so she just kind of leaves the she just leaves suitcase behind and, and goes on. It and goes. Uh, there's another moment, too, kind of to go along with what you're talking about, where as they walk up the hill, as they're going to the other side of the island to get, I think the island or peninsula, wherever they're at, uh, to get to the boat, um, where they come up to the overpass overlooking the temple and, and the city. And um, Lulu tells Yuna to take as long as she needs to just, you know, look and looking back at the temple, looking back at the city, and everybody just kind of leaves, and she's just kind of there, just looking, and it's like, okay, th this has some significance, and we're in a new place, we don't know yeah. how people are, what their customs are, anything like that, but it feels a little interesting, and Titus can tell that too, but it's like, all right, just go along with it, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Yuna turns around and comes along, and she's all cheerful, yep. so. Yeah, I mean, she's good at. You don't think much of it. I mean, she's obviously been trained for this like yeah. most of her life, but she's good at sort of like refocusing on yes this thing and, and she's keeping very good at it. keeping a good attitude about it. And yeah. again, given what we know about the ultimate destination of um, the pilgrimage, that's uh, it shows a lot of strength of character. No, oh, I think so. Um, she's great. So you kind of go up the hill here, um, and they're praying at a at like a statue monument thing oh, kind of yep. outside of the village. I really, really liked this moment. I really liked it. Uh, because it's there's like a custom here where you're supposed to pray at the statue for a safe trip when you yes. leave the island. And he says, um, 
Waka, or Waka explains that Chapu, Chapu when yeah. he left on his crusade, he didn't pray at the statue yep. because he felt like, oh, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss the boat, I'm gonna miss the ship, it's, I'm, I'm late. And because he didn't pray, uh, you know, ultimately, like, what happened to him was was in 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 his interpretation, Waka's interpretation was because yeah. he didn't stop to pray at the statue. Right, right. And so he's like, everyone needs to stop for a second, make sure you do the. And correct the me if I'm wrong, but we have like an option, right? Where it's like pray, don't pray. Yeah, right? you, you do get an option. And right. typically, I think in many places, at least throughout the beginning of this game, um, you'll approach a situation or a, a a religious icon like this. Yeah. A statue or something, and get and you'll get the option to pray or not. Yeah. Right. And either to like just fit in or to be like, uh, this isn't my religion, I don't Right. I don't buy it. <laughs> it's interesting that they give you that option yeah. though. Yeah. Right. But that and that fits in with Tita's character where he's kinda conflicted. Where he's like, I don't it's not even that he doesn't believe, he doesn't know what it, it what there is to believe. Like he, yeah. he doesn't know anything about this. Right. And so it, it's just strange to participate in a religious ceremony, not even knowing what what it, the point of it is, right, yeah. at all, even in any way. And so it's interesting they give you the choice, but generally speaking, it's like, well, you you would kind of go along with it, right, because you're helping out with this group. Right. There is another thing that I think a lot of people don't know, and I just wanted to check this real quick to see if okay. this has an effect on that, because any time that there are choices, particularly in uh, RPGs like this, like there's some kind of hidden there will mechanic be a behind it somehow. that's like counting oh, which choices you like in FF7 yeah. there was a whole affection system that affected which girl you dated at yes, the gold saucer depending on what you did or yeah. whether it was Barrett <laughs> yeah. right so there there is actually a hidden affection mechanic in this game it's mm. not for anything like super crazy there's just um, a couple of scenes or maybe even just one scene later in the game uh, it's not really a spoiler to say this. You're on some snowmobiles, so I'm just saying okay. this to watch out for it later. You're kind of riding some snowmobiles, and the person who is on the back of Titus's uh, snowmobile with him changes mm -hmm. depending on your choices and things oh, that you've done in the, these, this hidden affection mechanic. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. So it could be uh, Riku or Lulu or I think Waka or even Kimari. Mm -hmm. um, can be, like, the, the affection obviously works for Yuna, but it's not like FF7 where, like, you'll go get with Riku instead of Yuna. Like, the story is obviously about, like, yes. Yuna and, and Titus's rela um, yeah, yeah. romance. But uh, the people who can be affected by these values are Yuna, Lulu, Riku, Oren, Kimari, and Waka. So basically the whole party. Um, okay. So these are the different points. Okay, so it, it, this doesn't affect it. I thought maybe that this choice oh, of whether to pray or not mm -hmm. would affect Waka's affection. It does not. But there are other places we've seen so far, like in Besaid Village uh, at nighttime, when Waka came up to Titus and asked them, um, she's cute, yeah? And you get a choice of replying like, yeah, or like, uh, I think, you know, something like no or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if you say yeah, it'll actually increase Yuna's affection value by eight points. Oh, really? So that affects that. Um, also, like hmm. healing in battle. So like whenever Titus heals a party member, that af their affection value goes up. So that's one way to kind of manipulate oh, it. Oh, nice, nice. 
Um, if Titus intercepts an enemy attack intended for a party member with guard or with the sentinel ability, mm. then that increases their affection value. Um, and then if he attacks a party member, it'll decrease it. Oh, nice. So I didn't know that this existed in Old the game before. I had no idea. And so I was, um, I was uh, basically, so there's what's called the loner overdrive mode, which is like if you're by yourself in the party, each turn your overdrive builds up faster. Oh, so oh. what I would oh, do yeah. is in preparation for boss battles or something ah, like that, I wanted smart, to like smart. get the overdrive up. So I'd yeah. kill my own party members to be alone. <laughs> So that I could build the overdrive up, <laughs> and I didn't realize I'm like decreasing the. <laughs> no, you're making them hate you. <laughs> uh, I'm decreasing the value, but I guess I mostly had Lulu attacking people with fire because it hits more often. So maybe I didn't do too much damage <laughs> to that. You just but, made me uh, Lulu. Anyways, it's something to watch out for if That's you are doing this. Huh. Don't have Titus attack people. Yeah, don't have make someone him do else it. do it. Okay. <laughs> have someone else attack him. That's funny. Or, or, or if you want him to get the loan or overdrive, have Lulu kill herself or something <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> Anyways, there's <laughs> like great. a certain number of choices in the game that affects this, and so you know, just something to keep an eye on. Anyways, I was I was thinking maybe this prayer yeah, choice affected Wakas, but it doesn't. It's not one of those. Okay. Um. Anyways, it's it's a really nice moment though. Yeah, it's cool. Uh. You continue up the path, and this is where you run into Kimari, and uh, Titus and Kimari have a little fight. He tries to kill you. Yeah, he's kind of testing you, I guess. You know. Yeah, yeah. Are you really like strong enough to come with us, kind of thing? Although he doesn't, he doesn't talk. He doesn't say anything. No. Um, and then you know, uh, Waka kind of calls him off, like that's enough. You know, like stop. And uh, they explain a little bit about him. He's a Ronso, which is one of the yeah. uh, races in this world, right? And that he's been with her, with Yuna, since she was really little. So he's been kind of watching over her, protecting her since she was very small. So yeah, yeah. he's like been with her the longest of all of the yep, guardians yep. in the party. So nice little introduction to him. One thing to note about him is that he has a horn on his head. Yeah. That appears Cut. to have been sawed off, mm -hmm. right? There, It's like it goes up like a horn and then burn, it's just flat. Yeah. So... That'll come into importance later on with his character. But yeah. yeah um, he's very dedicated. He's a very loyal person. I just made a note about how amazing the Besaid Island music is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I freaking love it. It's this cool. is one of the Hamauzu uh, tracks. That oh, nice. Nice, nice. It's nice. very serene, very beautiful, uh, very peaceful. Well, I tell you what. I After hearing what you said about the music and the camera work in... Yeah. Episode one, or maybe just one of the one of the previous episodes, um, I did. I was able to appreciate that a lot better. Yeah, the way it all kind of works together, and the way the camera moves around on its own within the scene, um, it's really cool, and it's very it's very planned, it's very deliberate. Yeah, and it really accentuates the the art of, yeah. the, of the game. Mm -hmm. So I like it a lot. Yeah, you had a note about. Um, Yuna's clothes. I do, I do. I'm, I'm thinking, because the best place to see it is on the ship, so I'm thinking I'm oh, okay. going to hold off until the ship. Until we get there. For that one. But I do have a note on, on her summon, Valifar? Yeah, Valifar. Yeah. Yeah. So that word, it comes from the Geisha key. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yes. So no way. I got this here. So <laughs> someone's called Valifor. It's like Valifar, who is a demon of hell, 
and he represents thievery. Valifar is what tempts others to steal. He is introduced in Ars Geisha, in the Lesser Key of Solomon. If you want to know more about that, check out our Xenogears podcast. Yeah, we talked about it's that. It's somewhere, I don't know which episode, but it's <laughs> somewhere in there. We talked about the Lesser Key of Solomon and the, the Ars Geisha. Yeah. But, or Gosha, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, but yeah, the Ars Gosha has like a, a list of like tons of different types of demons, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And as I look up this name, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's where it's from. Yeah. So, and that's, I, I don't think there's much note of Valifor previous to the Ars Geisha. Yeah, and it's also not a common summon name for the Final Fantasy series. That's true, it's different, huh? Because like, you got Ifrit and Shiva. Bahamut. Yeah, Bahamut. Tiamat, well, yeah. Uh, Leviathan. Yeah, Leviathan. Um, Valifor is different, yeah. Valifor is, this was the first time that name appears in the series, as far as I understand it. I'm pretty sure I'm right, but... What's yeah. really cool about the Lesser Key of Solomon, there's like 72, I think, characters, like symbols, yeah. that were drawn up, that are just like, what would you call it, esoteric or occult, just kind of symbols that yeah. have different meanings of things. And um, I tried to make a connection between that and the alphabet, the Yevon alphabet in Final Fantasy X, and I didn't I didn't come away with much. They're pretty different. Yeah. Uh, but just the idea of using all, the, the way that the symbols look, you guys would have to see, they sort of resemble maybe some of the mandala symbols that occur when you summon mm. different beasts, you know, the more simple mandalas that are just right under the summoner's feet. Um, but they're pretty cool, they're cool symbols. You know, another thing we missed in uh, the Xanarkand episode was uh, that the Sin Spawn, um, the, oh, big, yeah. the big tentacle one you fight on, like the walkway, uh, yeah, yeah. it has the mark of the beast on it. Oh, really? The 666. I, yeah. did, I don't think I noticed that. I didn't either. <laughs> no way. Um, so obviously it's not like terribly subtle when you <laughs> when you see it, but it, it is something that is, is on the beast. So it, it's funny to me that, huh. that you, you brought this up because it feels like this Squaresoft in general at this time was really into like Gnostic stuff, yes, occult stuff, <laughs> lots of occult stuff, the Kabbalah, and, the Jewish yeah, mystical, it was, Jewish mystical. It was like yeah. all of that. They were like just kind of putting it in everything. Yes, <laughs> and what's funny is that a lot of that more religious type material has kind of they don't do it in games as much. Like yeah. even Zelda was doing a lot of more religious type stuff back yeah. in, and it's like they won't Didn't touch they that to, stuff um, now. They, they won't had even to touch it. They had to censor a, a, one of the versions after the original release of oh, Ocarina gosh. of Time because it had an Was Islamic cross. It had oh. an Islamic symbol. Yes. Um, the moon, the half moon. Yes, the half moon. And they changed it to something Also, else. in Ocarina of Time, there's um, kind of a Middle Eastern chant in the fire temple, I believe. Yeah, they changed they that too. They took that out. Because that was an Islamic yeah, thing as well. Yeah, yeah. They were offended. And Link used to have a cross on his shield. Yep. In Link to the Past and the, the first game, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all gone now. You will not find any of that stuff anymore. Yep. And, you know, some people may prefer that, and that's fine. Um, I really liked it when they would interpret real-world like ideas and, you know, create a metaphor for them within a game. You know, yeah. I, I I appreciated that. The way they do it now is fine too, I suppose. It just doesn't have as much meaning. It's not as at least it's not as easy to understand what the meaning is yeah. through knowing you know the basis for their material. Right. Okay, so from there. You kind of just head out uh, of Kilika. You, you go to the beach again, and you uh, get onto the boat. Get you on the boat. Rule number one: <laughs> stay on the boat. <laughs> What's the most important thing to know for going on a boat? 
most important thing is is safety. Nope. Uh, we have most no important problems. thing is uh, stay in the boats. <laughs> Steve Brule. <laughs> Some people had a hard time following that rule, by the way. Oh my gosh, that's true. As, as the boat ride goes. It's hilarious. Um, so a lot of stuff happens on this boat right here. Um, yeah, it's really cool too. Like, I really like it. You, you really get to know a lot of the characters a lot better here. Yeah. Um, one thing that I kind of wanted to bring up, this was actually one of the topics that we had in our big list of topics uh, for the old version of the podcast when we would oh, just yeah. do storytelling topics and sort of explore them. Techniques and things, Before yeah. we started this format. Yeah. Um, there was one uh, topic on there that I've always wanted to talk about but just never really felt like I could do it in the way I really wanted to or that I had examples to sort of show my thoughts on this. Okay. But it's about like... Um, uh, the difference between like fan servicey sort of like exploit exploitative sexuality oh, versus okay. like justified uh, examples where it like makes sense yes. for the story or the yes. or the characters or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this game has great examples of both in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking um, about the binocular scene. Yes, yeah. yes. So yeah. like. The first scene on the ship is uh, Titus running around, you know, super energetic. Yeah. Like, steals the dude's binoculars out of his hands, like, as he's, yep. like, looking around. It took he's, him a long time to do it, too. He's, yeah. like, hanging on the dude's head, and then he <laughs> slowly looks in. It's, like, a whole minute long, where it's, like, just take the binoculars. <laughs> and then he grabs them, and then he drops them, and, yeah, it's, it's funny. So he's, um, he's kind of looking through, like, out to sea, but then he turns back onto the ship, and he sees Lulu there, and it's, like, inadvertently, her... Her, her breasts kind of come yes. into his view. Right. And, and he like holds on that for a second, right? And then as, he As a 17-year-old yes, boy, yeah. Makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Like this I, is, I wouldn't criticize that that's not no. something he would do. Yeah. I, <laughs> whether you portray that in your game or not is, you know, this something is the, else. This but. is the kind of thing that to me is actually humorous. It it's, was very funny. Yeah. But remember, I, I played this with my wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure she would be bothered by it. <laughs> well, she already didn't like Lulu's just presence in general. Yeah. And I, okay, at the Kilika Temple, there's somebody else who she who won up um, Lulu. But, um, oh, yeah. Donna. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that outfit is so ridiculous. It, is, it was just unbelievable. <laughs> e even for me, it's like, oh, okay, what are you doing? What is this game? Was that Nomura? Was that Nomura's idea? Come I on. I don't know. He was the character designer, right? I mean, Anyways. you did make a good point earlier on that in it's island cultures, they yes. don't wear a lot of clothing. And and I would hold to that for I think that holds Most true for everyone, but probably her Donna, <laughs> where it's like and Unaleska later. <laughs> oh, Unaleska, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's Anyways, when you're playing the game with your spouse, you will notice things will stand out more than yeah. they did the first time you played it. And this was one of them where I was like, "All right, Titus, that's enough. <laughs> Come on, look up. Her head is up. Yeah. You know." It feels, when you're playing it alone, it might feel like just half a second. And that's probably true. Yeah. When you're playing it with your wife, it feels like about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, 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 I watched that scene, and it actually, you know, I chuckled a little bit. I thought it was funny, and, and it is... It is funny. It tells it us something about the character. It's not just yeah. there for the sake of you know, ogling Lulu or something. I like that it's his point of view, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's not like, a, you know, your typical anime bath scene that's like there for no reason. 
<laughs> you know. And the, 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 the <laughs> physics and the movement in yeah. this, whereas so, they really, really try to make that look, yeah, a certain yeah. way. And so, it's funny because then she looks at us and it, yeah. my thinking was, oh, she's gonna be mad. She totally knows what we were doing. Right. But then we immediately like look away to somewhere yeah. else and then he finds Yuna. And then what's interesting about that yeah. too is he 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 you know he's actually more embarrassed when Yuna catches him looking at her ah uh, yeah than yeah. Lulu which indicates you know how he feels about Yuna at this yes, point yes yes but I kind of liked that too and and that's when he decides to just like toss the oh he just drops <laughs> just him yeah tosses just, the and then the guy like catches him catches yeah, the I think I think he throws him overboard oh I thought he just <laughs> dropped it. Because you well, see, you see you're it still go. in the point of view of the goggles. Yes, it goes and they up start flipping. And they start and falling. Do, 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 do. But if you look, because then it cuts to her point of view and it shows him, you see the guy oh, reaching down. It? I don't know if he caught it, though. He could be reaching down and, like, he missed it and it went overboard. I think you're right, though. I think he dropped him overboard. Um, okay, so then you can go and talk to Yuna here. And uh, this is where well, I she... love it because everyone's surrounding her at first. Yeah, and we're, we're talking to Lulu. I think at least briefly. And yeah, Waka. you can talk to Waka and, and, and um, everyone's surrounding Yuna, and it's like we're not going to get a chance. Once again, we don't have a chance to talk to her. Everyone wants to talk to her, and we just kind of got to wait, I guess, right? Yeah. But they all leave, and we do get a chance to once again go up and talk to her for the second time. Yeah. And I really like this because like uh, where they left off in their first conversation was that she had said, basically, like I believe you about Xanarkand. Right. And yeah. she's like the only person so far who believes that, right? <laughs> so it's, that kind of left a little bit of a, like a hook there with her, right? Like a little bit of a cliffhanger to that right. conversation. Yeah, so and it's so, when they talk again, you're like, okay, that's where we left off. Yeah, so they, they basically she tells him about uh, Jekt and the fact that he came from Xanarkin, so that's why she believes him. Yeah, and Titus is like, oh yeah, Jekt, that's the name of my father, but it can't, can't be the, can't same, be the same person, right? Because yeah. my dad died. Yeah. Well, how long ago did he die? Oh, about 10 years ago. Like ten years ago is when I met Jack. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Is when he came here, and and Titus is like, yeah, right. How would how would Jack have gotten here? And I love Eunice's response is like, uh, you're here. <laughs> yeah, how did you get here? Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's so perfect. But she takes a little bit, and because Titus is is full of denial, Eunice seemed to like Jack. Yeah, which was surprising for me. Yeah, playing the game, it's like. Jekt somehow was able to show a different side of himself to other people than he showed with Titus. And, and Titus is like, wow, you met Jekt, I can't believe it, he's so bad. And Yuna was like, oh, I liked him. Yeah. That's not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. It was very surprising. And you could tell Titus is, doesn't know what to do with it either. Yeah. And he's always like, oh, it's got to be a different Jekt. Mm. It, and that's his only way around the fact that someone else possibly could have liked his dad yeah. is to, to just write it off and say it had just, I get everything else coincidentally lines up perfectly. But I'm not willing to accept it because you liked him. Therefore, it had to be a different Jack. It yeah. can't have been the same Jack. Yeah. And even though it all makes perfect sense that it should yeah. be. He definitely um, almost just doesn't want to believe that that's what happened. He, mm. he more wants to believe what he believed before my old man died 10 years ago. He doesn't want yes. to accept that maybe he got away yeah. alive and is still around. But yeah, it, it also makes perfect sense because this is actually pretty common with... Uh, children who are abused, right? It's like their parent can put on a totally different face in public. <clears throat> and it's annoying for the kids. Yeah, because yeah. it's like nobody believes them. Because yep. like, oh, this yep. person is great. Mm -hmm. And they're, 
a great part of our community and they yeah. do this service work and they're I know several people great. that would identify perfectly with that yeah. and say that, yeah, that's how it was. But with like, their, you know. Behind closed doors, they're like a different person mm -hmm. and they hide that very yeah, well. And yeah. so like, I could see Titus being very like annoyed by this because it's like, no, you don't get it. Like you. Right, he's bad. He was a bad person. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah. even his mother had a different view right. of Jet yeah, than, yeah. than Titus. It seems like yep. Titus is the only person he was who unique. views Jack the way that he does. That's true. Yeah, he's the only one. And yeah. Yeah, yep. So that a lot of that sort of nuance is hanging in this conversation. I think it's really well done. Yeah. Because she has tons of respect for Jack. She, she reveres him, she, I mean, everybody does. Waka, like all the other people, he's one of the best guardians, you know. I he, know, he, yeah, he was so good. Yeah, like they all loved him. They all remember him fondly, and like, Titus has a hard time with that. <laughs> yes, very much so, very much so. <laughs> um, you can tell that there's, there's some seeds being planted mm -hmm. by the narrator of the game, by the director, the seeds being planted of a, a new journey that Titus is going to have to undertake yeah. that is going to lead to him understanding his father better. Yeah. Um, and you can you get the foreshadowing of that here just based on the fact that you know we think we think Jack was bad because we're seeing through Titus's eyes, but as we meet everybody else, we're we're hearing a little bit of a different story, and mm -hmm. we're it's just it's clear that he's going to have to grapple with this yeah. at some point. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And I also like that he bonds with her a little bit because both yeah, of yeah. their fathers were famous. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. But but she has a different take on it though, because yeah. he's like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Your dad was famous, and she's like, yeah, but I really like my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, all right. Like no one can no one can relate to him. Yeah. And and how typical of a 17 year old to to feel that way. Yeah, and, right. And and it it's it's accurate, but the, especially with him, it's like so so clear that this is something that he is refusing to deal with, that he's just gonna have to come to terms with. Mm -hmm. And it's really well done. It's really well presented by the artists, I think. Yeah. I remember that as soon as they first came up, I can't remember what it was, there was some awkward, there was a very awkward interaction. And they both end up just kind of laughing about it. And yeah. what was it, about the weather or like something about you know, it's a, it's a nice day, and they're both just like, yeah. Oh yeah, they're kind of chuckling a little. They bit. don't have they, anything they don't to say know to each what other. To say to each and other, and then they yeah. both just laugh, and and somehow that just kind of breaks the ice, yeah. right? Is the laughing, and that's actually kind of important for Yuna's character because that's how she that's how she feels comfortable in life is is laughing, yeah. and we'll, we'll come to a very famous laughing scene later say, on. Keep in mind how they yes. laugh in this scene. Exactly. For that scene. For that scene. <laughs> as, not, you, as you look at this Not only as a comparison, but also so that that scene makes sense. Yes. Right? This right. is something for Yuna, for Yuna, it makes her feel very comfortable to, to laugh. And this may even be a reason why she liked Jack a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right? He was a jerk, but he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. I think that's a really good um, character moment. Yeah, it's a good scene. Um, this is a very good scene too because this is where you get the, a very good look at Yuna and what she's wearing and yeah. everything about her. So you see very clearly if it wasn't obvious before because we only really saw her at night or in the temple or from a distance. We, you know, it, This is the first time in broad daylight that we're, we're close to her and we can actually talk to her and view her up close. So she has different colored eyes. Yes, one green, one blue. One green, yep. one blue. So, 
Um, there's a lot of symbolism here. We talked about a little bit of this in our Cowboy Bebop analysis over on Patreon. If you yes. missed it, you can subscribe there. Um, but an eye difference means a couple different things. It means um, presence in two different worlds. It means yeah. seeing two different things, right? Because like, um, Spike, Spike has Spiegel has an eye difference. Yeah. Or an eye, I say eye difference, that usually means the size, but it's a color, a color, yeah. eye color difference. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's really cool symbolism there. there. There's something about two worlds meeting together in uh, the embodiment of two worlds meeting together that results in somebody who has uh, phenotypes that don't seem compatible, right? Mm. Like one blue eye and one green eye. It's like you'd think both eyes would be the same color. Anyways, that, that would be done in order to show symbolically uh, that she is standing in between two, two different worlds mm. and that she comes from a heritage of, of different um, ideas, I guess, or different competing interests or worldviews or people or whatever. Uh, whatever it is, when, whenever you see something like that, you can tell um, somebody has, uh, you know, they're the embodiment of a dual nature, right? Mm. And you see that with her. We'll talk about a little bit more what exactly the duality is that is, you know, that she embodies. Uh, later on, but she has an eye difference, and that in and of itself, right away, is a good sign that um, there may be some. Well, it's a good sign of some future conflict. Nice. Another thing is her dress, right? Yeah. Her dress has the hibiscus flower down there on like the belt, the mm -hmm. sash area. And if you'll remember, Yuna, Yuna means hibiscus in right. the Okinawan the, Japanese. The symbol of the night. Yeah. Okay, so Tetsuya Nomura talks about. Um, how Yuna means night in Okinawan, mm. but that's that, people dispute that, and it's possible Nomura was just wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> that Nomura doesn't mean necessarily moon or night; um, it just means hibiscus flower, which represents the night, which sure. is fine because it blooms at nighttime. Uh, but he, in an interview, says that Yuna means night, which means as the artist, he felt like certain things that he was trying to portray are representative of the night, right? Which means, as for the art, you can say that that is correct. Sure. Uh, even though it may not technically be correct in, in Okinawa, right? So from the artist's perspective, that's how things were designed, right? In a roundabout way, uh, the hibiscus blooms at night. It doesn't mean night necessarily, right? Okay. The hibiscus is a short-lived flower from a tree. It only lasts for about a day or two after it blooms, and then it withers and it dies. There's also a Filipino myth about the hibiscus flower that I won't share here because it'll spoil part of the game, but for those of you who have already played the game and would like to look into it, look up um, Gumeng, G-U-M-E-N-G, Gumeng, Mula, Hibiscus, and Philippines. And you'll, you'll find it if you just Google those words. Mm. But it's the Gumeng, Gumeng Mula um, myth from you know, a long time ago within the Philippines. So, one really cool thing about Titas meaning day and meaning sun and Yuna meaning night, right, is this symbol right here, which is really cool because, like, what's going on here, the, first the, of all? The, oh, you mean the, the symbol of the, of the two of them? The picture. I say being, symbol. Being reversed. It, it is a symbol. Yeah. But it's a picture, yes. They're reversed in a way that is the yin and yang symbol. Yeah. Right. If you draw a line around, you know, Anyways, this is the yin and yang, right? And that's yeah. why they did it this way. Yeah. And Titus, representing the sun, is, is the yang, and then the yin is, um, would be yuna. Yeah. And so you have that yin and yang kind of thing here, along with the day and night, along with the sun and moon, and all of that stuff. Now... The, the masculine and the feminine? Yes, the masculine and feminine. Black and white, yeah. Yep, 
all that stuff. It, it's all, you know, it's all there. And I feel like that's why there were some earlier depictions of Titus with dark hair before the game came oh, out. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And then he has light hair when yeah. the game finally came out. Mm -hmm. Well, that could be part of why. Because the yang, the masculine, is the, the white color. Yeah. And then the, the yin is, the black. is black. Yeah. So, I also want to talk about, this is crazy, this is one of the coolest symbols. I love this. So Yuna's necklace, you get a really good look at her necklace. It's kind of, well, it's basically Titus's symbol. Just in oh. a feminine form oh. of it, right? So you have the masculine, the hard edges, the angles, the lightning, the, the hook at the bottom. It's very masculine imagery, right? But it comes out kind of on the sides, right? It kind of looks like a, like a T or a Y or something like that. And with Yuna's, you have, well, I actually got some pictures of it here. Okay, there we go. Okay, see how there's two yeah, hooks and yeah, then it yeah. goes down? And see his necklace, how it has the two sides yeah. and then it goes down. So it's the same. It's just a more rounded. It's more rounded. It's got a jewel at the bottom. It's it's a it's a feminine version of the same necklace. It's basically the same symbol. You wow. could look at it as being the same symbol. Yeah. But uh, Tetsuyo Nomura specifically talks about how the necklace also symbolizes the hibiscus plant. Mm. And so uh, this is um, specifically in the what do you call it? The style or the. What's it called? Um, for Yuna, her necklace is symbolized by the hibiscus flower. Uh, so the hibiscus has five leaves kind of going out and around. It's a big flower, but it's got a really long style. It's got a really long um, stem. Stem, not stem, <laughs> but the, the, the pollen part. You know? Oh, yes, yes. Whatever you'd call it. Yes. The, in the middle, yes. it, it comes out. And right. I, have, I have notes here. I'm trying to be quick about this, but there, there's kind of a lot here. Um, because we're going to talk about this even more later. So my notes are kind of all over the place. But um, it is the style. Yeah, that's the word. That's the, the word technical is word, is yeah. the style, right? And so the, um, the curves going out to the side would be the leaves. This is a profile, you know, dissection oh, sure. view of it. And then the, the style is the middle part that comes down. With so the it's head, like the flower right? is upside down or something. Yes, it's upside down and it's got the style and anyways. So th it, that's the way I can interpret it. Um, either way works if it's, oh, it's a feminine version of, of um, Titus's symbol or Titus's symbol is a masculine version of her necklace. I don't care right. either way. Um, or it's just part of the hibiscus. It's just furthering the hibiscus kind of motif with her clothing. Um, either way, that's fine. I, don't, I, I think it works either way because it's, it still plays into the yin-yang either way you look at it. Yeah. Um, it also kind of just looks like a Y. Yeah, it looks like a Y, which yeah. so does Titus's right. thing. Mm -hmm. It's got the Y, the T. I mentioned this earlier, um, all the things that, that his necklace has on it. So Tetsuya Nomura said when he designed Titus's accessories, Nomura said he thought of things that had some sort of relationship with the ocean, right? So he mentions, mentions how he used things like hooks and fish bones and whale fins and all of that kind of stuff um, that marks Titus's jewelry, right? Mm -hmm. And then he talks specifically about um, the T and the J, but then I also mentioned there's the Y and the S, right? Yeah. And so her, but Yuna's specifically doesn't have as much of that in there. You can still kind of see a T, you can't really see the J or the S, but you can see the Y, Yeah. right? Um, so for Yuna, her necklace is the hibiscus flower. And my question here is why is there so much meaning here for just simple ornaments, right? But Nomura says that he doesn't like unexplained designs anymore. Mm. Yeah, I love that he says any, well, in this interview, it is implied that he says anymore. 
Um, I don't know the exact translation, but it's funny because this implies that he used to just design stuff for, for the heck of it. Just, oh, this is kind of cool, whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't do that anymore. Now I'm all about, you know, symbolic representation, right? Sure, yeah. um, which is so rich within this game. But either way, um, you know, he decided to put a lot of meaning behind, you know, the, the art within this game. Um, the clothes that Yuna's wearing, it's a summer island variation of the Japanese kimono. And it's called a furisode. Oh, right. And if you see it, the furisode is cool because um, it doesn't look so much like what Yuna's wearing, but this is, Nomura said it was a furisode. So, okay, okay you got to really look to <laughs> see the furisode part because this is, that's why I say it's a summer islander variation of a yeah, furisode. Sure. But it's got those long sleeves that come down where it's like kind of tighter yeah, upper arm, but then yeah. it goes down and it's really loose around the wrist. And that's more or less the what Yuna's sleeves look like, right? She's got sleeves, but if she holds her hand out, then it's like it's like a drape. Yeah. You know, it's like a flag or something that mm -hmm. she has over her arms. But then it kind of cuts off, and then the, her whole dress isn't completely a furisode, but that is where the inspiration came from. Um, and that's why I would say this is one of the things where I looked at it, and it led me to my conclusion about the general Islander clothing and how it's a summer variation on just clothes. And one of the ideas of, you know, a summer variant of clothes is that there's just less clothes, right? There's yeah. less of it. It doesn't cover as much, it doesn't do as much, but it, it's more functional for an island culture. And so it makes more sense there, right? I just have one more note here uh, that's talking about her staff. Now we don't see her staff here. This note was meant to be talked about earlier. Okay. Um, but it's the, you know, the circle staff with the circle. Yeah, and the, the rod that in she it. carries. Yeah. yeah, so it's called a kakara. That's what it's called in, in Buddhism. Mm. Um, so a Buddhist staff, and hers is a little different, but it's based on the kakara. And you have you seen Inuyasha? Yes, you know, um, a certain episode. Do you remember Miroku, the guy who's always like fondling like the girls and stuff? No, he's I don't like, remember that. <laughs> yeah, he's like a bad person, but he's a priest, right? But he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's one of those kind of priests, right? But he's carrying this staff with a circle with these rings that are hanging off of it, right? Okay. And and you can kind of you shake it around and it makes noise yeah. and yeah. Um, so hers doesn't have the noise element, right? Instead of the circles hanging off of the edge of of the the circle that goes atop the staff, um, hers are kind of embedded within it, right? Mm. So instead of being loose, they're kind of stuck there. Um, but there's a really cool pattern in which they are laid out on her staff is that there's a circle on the bottom and then three kind of leaf-like circles going up top. But each leaf has an indentation, has another marking within it that um, <clears throat> kind of resembles an eye, if mm. you look at it a certain way. So you know the Yevon, the Yevon symbol, where it's kind of like the, there's like an, an oval eye with like a character underneath and then two things on the side. Yes. And that's like the Yevon symbol. Right. It, it, it's the letter A in the Yevon alphabet. So it, it's alpha, it's the, right. but it's an I with three kind of parts that come out of it, right? Now, when Yuna uses her staff and she holds it up, um, well, the way she holds it, that symbol is now upside down. And instead of the middle being the I, you now have the three points that look like eyes looking towards the center. Um, and there are a few reasons why it looks that way. I'm, I'm realizing as I talk about a lot of the symbolism stuff, I may as well wait till the end of the game <laughs> <laughs> to bring this up. After we've learned more about Yevon. After we can talk about what these symbols that even mean. Like yeah. it's, it's interesting where I'm talking about the symbols, but I can't actually explain what they mean. Yeah. 
because, because we haven't gotten there yet. Because we're not there yet. Yeah. I almost, I'm, I'm, I think what we're gonna do, I'm gonna put an asterisk here. I'll still bring up the symbols, but I really wanna talk about what they mean. And yes. so that's gonna have to wait until a little bit later. Because a lot of people may think that it's not that big of a deal, any of the stuff that I just said about the hibiscus flower, about the necklace, about her staff, about any of the patterns or other symbols that I've, that I've brought up. Mm. They are super, super incredibly relevant, right. um, but I just can't talk about why until yes. later. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> but just know that they're there and this stuff, I love it when you can read into the artist's intent especially the, the character designers, and you can read into the meaning that they imbued their characters with that is um, apparent right from the get-go. Right. You first see these people, and if you have the eyes to see, <laughs> you can theoretically understand more about this character just by what they're wearing yeah. and, and about you know maybe foreshadowing type things um, than you would just kind of you know playing the game normally. Right. So... I will bring this all up again later, but um, at the moment, that's where we'll stop with yeah. uh, my analysis but on Yuna's character. It's important to know that unlike yeah. previous, maybe Final Fantasy designs, this is all done with purpose. And there's Very like, much so. there's, there's real so. like meaningful symbolism yeah. behind it. Yeah. Right? And, and that would, may not have been the case in earlier games. It, well, as according to Tetsuya Nomura, <laughs> That's not how he, he didn't care about the symbolic meaning of his designs previously. Sure. As much. This is more and, about making them look cool. But I've got that, I got that quote from him where he says he's definitely, it all has meaning this time, which means that the meaning's there. You're not just spuriously inferring something that wasn't intended. Sure. Okay. Um. Oh, one last thing. The, the temple at Besaid oh, is yes. also laid out in the Yevon symbol. Oh, right. Right. So the, the beginning with the eye, and then it's got like the three branches at the bottom. Yeah. That's super cool. It's all intentional. I just love it when the symbolism's super intentional. Yeah. Uh, okay, so as they're talking there, um, Sin attacks the ship. Yeah, yeah. I really liked this scene uh, because uh, I, I think we talked, did we talk about this We last brought time? up that Kimari. Yeah, saves yes. her, right? But we didn't talk about this scene, but so we like, did bring that up. Titus is trying to hold on to her hand. Yeah. She slips, and then Kimari's the one. Because Kimari caught yes. her on the stairs. That's why we were talking about it earlier when she comes yep. out of the temple. Yep, yep. Like the Because they made it seem like Titus was going to be the one to catch yeah. her. And then as the camera zooms out, it's like, now he was nowhere close. Yeah. Kimari's the one who's got yeah. her back, right? So Kimari's like always yes. alert. And, yep. and, you know, now that we know that he was with her since yeah, she, she, she was, was a young a girl, like he, that's basically yeah. all, that's it, his whole. This whole thing in life is just like yeah. watching out for her. So uh, Titus is trying to hold on, but she slips and then Kimari grabs her. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it's a pretty cool little fight with Sin here. I, I think, I thought it was interesting the, the that- The swells um, of the water. Yeah. so big, man. And you see, there's that really cool like long lens shot where it's really zoomed in. And you see the characters on the boat running alongside Sin in the background, which is just so much bigger than yeah, them. Yes, kind of just like moving faster it's than a them. Giant like fin, right? That's a really good shot. Yeah, um, I also really liked how some of the uh, crewmen of the ship um, 
they uh, like apologize to yeah, her yeah. that they're going to try to fight or engage sin. They even ask her permission. Right, because and she's very empathetic. They're they're conflicted because they don't mm -hmm. want to put the summoner in danger. Yeah. But it's going to attack their home. Yeah. Kilika village, right? Yeah. It's like it's on its way there. And it's like we have to protect our wives and children. Yeah. And so they they like they're pleading with her, but also kind of just like telling her. <laughs> yeah. We're going even to fight this thing. Even if she said thing. no. Yeah. It would have happened. They're, so they're, she made the right call and saying do what you're gonna do you know yeah because at least they'll feel better about it yeah I really liked that I really yeah. liked that moment between her and yep. those crewmen who were just like desperately afraid uh, for their families <clears throat> and so they they shoot their their harpoons their hooks right that sort yeah. of like hook into it and it's and so sins kind of pulling the ship along with it and this is where you do your battle against it right yeah um, it kind of throws some sin spawn onto the ship that you fight, and then it's in the background. Um, so uh, you, you, you finish that fight, but Titus gets thrown overboard, um, and then Waka sort of like jumps in after him, and you fight like yep. another battle, like underneath yeah, the water. Underneath, yeah. And again, this is another example where only the Waka and Titus yeah. can fight underwater. Mm. None of the other party, Riku could, but like right. aside from those three, Underwater battles are only ever done by Titus Waka and Riku. I'd love, they to, are I'd the love to see Lulu try to swim in that dress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, that's a really cool sort of consistent, you know, little detail uh, that they did is that these, these are the only three people that are capable of holding their breath long enough to fight underwater like that, so. Yeah, that's cool. Um, <clears throat> after, uh, Winning this battle, though, Sin does proceed to destroy the village. It, they didn't really make a difference. Yeah. No, and it's it's actually really well done. Like, it's, oh, it's, it's extremely well done. It's really yeah. heartbreaking and sad. Yeah. Uh, all those, you know, just women and children and villagers yeah, who kids. just get blown yeah. away. And and I really like how the final shot is just this blitz ball. It's sort of just like floating in the wreckage. Yeah. Just all this broken wood and you know, uh, rubbish in the water, and it's just, this ball well, is just floating by. It, I love it so much. It's, yeah. it, it means a lot, at least in part because a thousand years ago, when Sin destroyed the world, apparently the only thing that survived was, was Blitzball. Blitzball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Blitzball became religion, it became life, it became everything. And then you see that here, as, as Sin shows up, destroys everything, and there's a Blitzball, and it's mm. like the Blitzball will continue on, you yeah. know, everything else is destroyed. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really sad. It was really sad. Really, really good. And so they pull in to this, the aftermath of this, right? And uh, you're approached right away by a couple people. Oh, summoner, can you please like come right. perform this sending? <clears throat> and you ritual. don't know what it is. Yeah. So you're like, why? I don't know. And Yuna immediately comes out. And she's like, oh, I'm a summoner. I'm a summoner. I will help you. And they're just like tearfully grateful. They're just like, oh, thank heavens. Thank you. I'll show you where to go. And once again, like previously on Beset Island, where it's like, hey, this is a thing I don't understand. There's yeah. a religious thing happening here. We're just going to go along with it. But I, I don't get it yet. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully I'll be able to understand soon. One thing I forgot to mention before you get there, though, they're, they're, they're seeing the aftermath of this from the boat from afar. Yes. And I really like Titus's quote here, his oh, uh, narration. Yeah. Yep, yep. I was in a foreign world. I wasn't going home. Yep. This was my new reality and I was yep. stuck in it for good. So he's realizing his hope was that, oh, if I contact Sin again, I can go yes. back to Xanarkand. Yeah. But now it's like... After seeing Sin again, happening. it's like, no. He, he was, he, no. he saw, he's seen it twice now. 
Yeah. So when the the Albed ship was attacked and he and he washed up and be saved, but then mm. now again, yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, this isn't gonna work. The it's way gonna it just kill me. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna. I'm not going back. He's yeah. like realizing that this is this is his new reality. He's stuck here. Yeah. And and Yuna's looking on on this from a distance, and she says, "I will defeat Sin. I must defeat Sin." So it just kind of punctuates that scene. Uh, you know how dire, how important this yep. is, right? Yeah. Um, One more thing about the destruction there. It's I feel like they did a pretty good job of portraying like a, a tsunami just in general. Yeah. Um, even though when Sin shows up, he's kind of like sucking things up in like a tornado yeah. kind of thing. He, he's a mixture of a hurricane and a tsunami and yeah. a tornado and mm. everything all at once, right? Uh, but the imagery there for sure is like the idea of a tsunami wave coming because you see it, the shadow kind of goes across the village as the water's coming yeah, up. Right. And I, th these scenes always mean a lot to me coming from Japan specifically, because it's one thing to watch maybe some American content about a tsunami that came and destroyed a village or something like that in terms of entertainment or media. But in Japan, that's a real thing. It's a real worry, right? In America, yeah. I don't know when the last time a tsunami hit <laughs> yeah. the United States or even the entire North American continent. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I, I'm just not aware. I don't know. In Japan, they'll tell you exactly yeah. when the last one hit, you know? And it's a thing that they have to always be aware of because so much of the island is really low and near sea level and it's an island, you know? And so whenever, like, Japan portrays something like a tsunami hitting, I'm always thinking like, man, that's this is more real. Yeah, it's for them, you know. More, it's deeper. For it's them. deeper, yeah. and it feels it feels more powerful. Where it's like, wow, you know, as sad as that scene is, it's like, no, not only does this happen, but their culture is very sensitive to this, right. and so their portrayal is going to be uh, a lot more visceral. I think a lot more accurate than than something else you would have seen where you yeah. didn't realize that oh, this is a, a thing that always happens. Yeah, well, a, a culture that dealt with pretty severe natural disasters kind of all the time. Yeah. Not, yeah. Even earthquakes. If you're, not, and if you're not on the coast, then earthquakes that would just yeah, yep. destroy your village and you'd yes. have to rebuild them again. Which that sort of shaped all the, time up there. the types of homes they made yes. which were quickly yeah. erected and yeah. they, they're just ready at any time basically for their house to be destroyed, right? Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah and, and the big buildings have very good earthquake proof, you know. Yeah. Construction. Stuff. Yeah. But they've had, it's cost a lot of money, but they, they have no choice. They had to do it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this sending ritual, right? Uh, yes. We were saying that uh, Titus does not understand it. Um, and again, this is another example, I feel, of Lulu sort of just being dismissive, condescending, finding him irritating, not wanting him around. Because he comes to ask her, like, what is this all about? She does not want to talk to him. <laughs> she is just rolling her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, oh, I love what she says. She's great. She goes, I'm beginning to think that... Um, it's not just sense toxic. Yeah, that it's not just sense toxic. I think you're just stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's so, exactly how I read that, too. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. It's not just sense toxic. You're just an idiot. Yes. Or maybe you could even see that as, like, it's not possible that you don't know this. It can't just be sense toxin. Yeah. What are you really doing here? Mm, like, what right. is it that you She's actually want? Us, yeah. So you can read it as suspicion slash annoyance slash like just condescension, yeah. irritation, whatever, all wrapped into one. She doesn't like him, and she doesn't want him here. <laughs> yes, that is clear. And that 
makes sense. Again, I'm not saying that that's yeah. a bad thing. I'm saying it, it's right for the story, but yeah. it's just where she's at. Uh, okay. Again, because, I mean, how, how, just think of that for one second. How devastating losing your fiance or wife or yes. something like that. Yeah. that. And then someone were to come around who looks just like them <laughs> or mm -hmm. very similar, reminds you yeah. of them. Like that would, I would think, be really hard. Especially yeah. if you were at a point where you're feeling like I'm starting to move past this. Yes. I'm, I'm finally able to move on with my life. And Also, also, I don't know how old she is. Yeah. But Titus is 17. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> she's already kind of lived a portion of life and this person that reminds her of her fiancé from however many years ago yeah. shows up, but he's 17. <laughs> it's like <laughs> even, even if she wanted to, it's like this isn't... Yeah. Like, just go away. Just You're not helping me in my yeah. situation at all. Almost like the ghost, let's say, let's say your spouse or uh, fiancé had died like five years ago, right? Yeah. So you've aged five years, but the ghost of your yes. fiancé from five years ago it comes is, back. And is still and that age. You've grown five years, you've yeah, moved. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's complicated, right? Yeah. Anyways, she starts to explain what this is, though. She says, the dead need guidance. Filled with grief over their own death, they refuse to face their fate. Ah, yeah. They yearn to live on, the, live on and resent those still alive. You see, they envy the living, and in time that envy turns to anger, even hate. Should these souls remain in spirit, they become fiends that prey on the living. Sad, isn't it? The sending takes them to the far plane where they may rest in peace. So in this world, the death works a little differently, right? So mm. if a person dies um, and they're not ready to face that, they're not like ready to accept their death, yeah. and they, they yearn to continue to live on and they-, they Which most people who die suddenly- Yeah, that that's would likely be the case. Gonna happen, yeah. yeah, for sure. And they, and they resent those who still are living. It's like, I, I yeah. wanna be living too, yeah. right? So when yeah, that happens, fair they eventually turn into fiends. And that's kind yeah. of like the, you know, monsters of this world, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, in order for them to be able to move on to the afterlife of this world, which is the far plane, they need to be sent in a ritual by a summoner, which is why most of these villages are close by to a temple where a summoner would be yeah. Who would be able to come when someone dies and be able to send them to the far plane, right? Mm. Now, I don't know what happened to Kilika's summoner here. Uh, maybe they were oh, in yeah. the village when it was destroyed or something like that, but mm. it, it, currently they don't have a summoner to the, do this. Yeah, so that's why they came anyone. to you. Oh, we're so glad you're here. We need you to send our loved ones to yeah. the far plane, right? So um, keep this in mind how death works in this world because it's going to be like a recurring thing that's like very important to the plot to understanding certain elements of the plot. So, this next scene is possibly one of the most iconic of the game. Yes. Uh, it's it, a lot of imagery, art of Final Fantasy X represents this scene yeah. where Yuna is uh, doing her water dance and um, sending these uh, these souls to the far plane. Yeah, it's really cool. So, the the coffins in the water. Yes. They, they have this red tie around them and yes. their, their caskets, you know, yeah. but they're arranged kind of like a flower. Yeah. You know, going around in a circle and she stands on top of it. On, yeah. And the water even shoots out kind of like a, the style the you're talking flower, about, yes. right? So the water shoots up, it opens and she is the style. She's yeah. holding her staff up yeah. as the water. Sh I took that I took a lot of notes on this one, but <laughs> yeah, 
in keeping with the idea of the hibiscus, you know, as the water shoots up and goes out around her, she is, she is the the style, and especially as she you know lifts mm. her staff up high. If you see a hibiscus flower, you'll you'll understand the style is it's it's very long, yeah, um, and it's really cool. But then even underneath it, then you have all of the all of the you know the dead underneath yeah. her in the red, right? And right. red is a very common hibiscus flower color. Um, yeah, I really like what Titus says about this afterwards. Oh yeah. Because it's it's pretty much how I feel when I watch it. Because it's beautiful. Like yes. the FMV is really it's good. It's incredible. It's incredible. The arrangement, like you're saying, of those caskets under the water, the colors of the scene, the yep, choreography yep. of the dance, the the the, yes. the motion capture, it's really, really beautiful. There's a reason why it's such an yeah. iconic visual of the game. It is. And then as she's doing the dance, the what you call them? The fireflies? Yeah, the, the, the little spirits souls kind of start out. to go up. Yeah. And you hear you hear the people crying in the background. Yeah. So good. It's really, so well done. really well done scene. Yeah. But what he says about this is I wished there would never be a next time, because I, I I can't remember, someone said something about a next time. Anyway. Right. No He's, more people being killed by sin. No yeah. more sendings for Yuna. Everyone yes. stood there watching her. It was strange and somehow horrifying. I never wanted to see it again. Mm -hmm. There is a sense to this scene, as beautiful as it is, that it's kind of haunting. Oh, sure. Like, it's a little unsettling to me. Yeah, yeah. With those caskets under the water, mm -hmm. and she's, like, dancing on top of them. And yeah. it's just, like, this world's concept of death and its religion and sin continually, like, just destroying them over and over again in this yes. cyclical nature. There's something about this world that just feels really unsettling and just, like, not okay. And, like... Yeah, <laughs> something's got to be done about this. This right. is like not not good, right? And yeah. he he being the one person who didn't grow up in it would be the first to really see it that way. Sure, yes, yeah, right. Like obviously they're living through it and it's bad, but like they grew up with it their whole lives. Like yeah. they, they, it's it's a part of their world. It's like something they've accepted as their reality, and he hasn't. And so his commentary on it. Gosh, throughout he's, the he's whole game, probably never seen a, a dead person yeah, in his yeah, whole life. Right, and may not have even known anyone who died at only seventeen. I mean, that's pretty young. Yeah, in, in an advanced world like Xanarkand was. And this is one of my favorite elements of Final Fantasy X: is Titus's commentary on this world that he didn't. Yeah, he wasn't raised. Every in. scene or two, we get some some narrative monologue. Yeah, and it's always really interesting. Yeah, and. I'll get more into that much later, but it's just, it's one element of the game that I would say is one of my favorites, is his, the isekai nature of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he came from somewhere very different. Yeah. And being able to see this from a perspective or from an angle that no one in this world is really like able to based yeah. on their heritage and how they were raised and how they've lived. Yeah. And he's able to sort of come into this and like, disrupt it or like, uh, you know, give, give them another perspective on what's happening to them. Mm. And I really love that about this story. It's great. Yeah. Um, also for the sending, Yuna is walking on water, right? She walks out onto the water, which is really striking at first. Yeah. We haven't really seen her around water. Uh, but apparently she can, if she wants to, walk on water. Don't know exactly how this works, but this is a a Christian reference, yes. <laughs> right? And it turns out there are a lot of Christian references with Yuna. Um, many of them 
we will talk about later on, uh, but this is one. Uh, she does this at the setting of the sun as well, which mm. also symbolizes, um, well, the end of life, right? right? And it goes into twilight, and when she does the dance, it's at twilight, which has um. often been understood through, you know, shamanistic cultures in the past. She's a shaman, basically, is what she is, um, is that the twilight is the time where the day and night kind of mm. meet, but they're separated, and that's when the souls um, of the dead can can be sent. I don't know if that was done, I don't know if that's how the lore of this, of Spira works, where it's like, oh, it has to be done at dawn, or at, um, sorry, twilight, um, but that's when this was done, and yeah. there's definitely um, meaning to that as well. Yeah. But, great, yeah. Great stuff, great scene, and there's one more part that, again, for spoiler's sake, uh, we can't really dig into kind of the, what's the word I'm looking for? This next conversation. <laughs> what, what, uh, what, what Lulu's implying yes, through this yeah. or what her silence implies, <laughs> I guess I should say. Yeah. But By the way, I found the word, stamen. The stamen. stamen. I say style. Oh. But it's style. It, there's two words for it, stamen. Okay. Stamen's another That's the synonym, other word I was looking synonym for. Synonym for it. Yeah. Um, so Titus... Uh, says something to Lulu about how, how tough it must be to be a summoner. Yes. And Lulu says that Yuna knew what she was getting into from the start and uh, that all they can do is protect her until the end. And then Titus asks <laughs> her what that end is. And, she, and she's like, just her eyes. so irritated yes. by him. Like, and, and I like how like on the first playthrough you can, you can see that as her just being irritated that he doesn't know anything. Yes. But again as I've hinted at a little bit, the ultimate destination of this pilgrimage, right? Lulu knows what that is. Titus doesn't know yet. He does not. And so she, she's, she feels he's being insensitive. Yes. And just like, gosh, just go away. Like, right. I don't want you around. I don't want you around her. Just leave. <laughs> yes. And I don't want to think about it. Nothing. So she goes forward to meet Yuna. She comes back from the sending and, oh, you did a great job, you know, like kind of comforting her, right? Yes. No, and don't cry next time, right? Yeah, right. You, you need to do this without tears. Oh, Lulu, what Lulu says after she sighs when he asks what the end is, right? Until she just, she just says defeating sin is yes. the ultimate goal, right? So, yeah. really, really like that scene as well. Um, okay. Uh, the next day... Oh, in the Japanese, she says until her final moment. Oh, really? That's what, yeah, that's what it says, yeah. Wow, that's um, really different. Uh, until her final <laughs> moment. That's really different. Well, because she says until the end, right? Yeah. And and what end? Anyways. Interesting. That's just what it says in Japanese. Huh. Okay, so the next day, they're sort of, people are sort of, you know, trying to rebuild. They're like working on building structures. And yeah, yeah. Waka and the other Blitzball guys are helping in that. And this kind of goes back to what we're talking about with the Blitzball in the water a minute ago. Yeah. Because Waka starts talking about the Blitzball tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Titus is like, dude, now's not the time. Is this really the right time to be focusing on Blitzball? See, but like was mentioned earlier, Waka lives in a world where lots of people die All lots time. of the time. Yeah. And Titus comes from a world where nobody dies. If somebody dies, you, you have the bandwidth to drop everything and mourn for them for a while. Yeah. Right? Because you're in a modern society, you have food, you don't have to worry about anything. Right? Yeah. Um, Waka is in a place where if people really took time out of their day That's to mourn for everyone who died around them, it would be just constant. Yeah. And that is true for all of life just a couple thousand, couple hundred years ago, really, but a couple yeah. thousand years ago for sure. 
And so Titus is coming with the modern perspective, like, hey, shouldn't we give more reverence? And Waka is saying, dude, you, is this the first time you think sin attacks once every hundred years? Like, this yeah. happens all the time. This yeah. happens all the time. And he, he has a good response too. He's like, um, Blitzball is like the thing that gets us through it. Yes. So of course we're gonna talk about yeah. Blitzball. Blitzball is like the one thing that yeah. they can look forward to that is a distraction from this. <laughs> yes. And like we need that. Like we yeah. desperately need that to be able to like function in this world. Right. Otherwise you just have death anxiety all the time. <laughs> when am I gonna die? When am I gonna die? When am I gonna die? Yeah. All the time. You yeah. need something. And to go figure that thing, it becomes religious, you know? It, yeah. it, it's that important. Yeah. It's at that like fundamental level of, of their reality. Yeah. And it's, it's funny when you get to Luca later, which is where this Blitzball tournament's being held, they, they comment on how this is where like the, the bulk of the Crusaders are at and they fight oh. hardest to defend Luca because the Blitzball arena oh, is geez, there. That's so funny. It's like they they gotta protect <clears throat> yeah. the Blitzball. That's like at the shrine. That's the temple. That's the central. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like if if we don't have Blitzball, we have like nothing yeah. to look forward to. So like that's why that city doesn't get destroyed like most of the others do because they concentrate the hardest on protecting yeah. their Blitzball arena, that's which so is funny. That's really so really interesting, right? Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that's that's a nice little uh, look, I guess, into the culture there. Um, so then they uh, head off from there uh, into the jungle toward uh, Kilika Temple. Is where they're going yeah. next. And this is the first time I realized that when you get into a battle, the screen does a shattering effect, similar to Xenogears. Yeah. <laughs> Everything goes over to the side. The shattering. Effect. It doesn't always do it, though I've noticed. But yeah, usually there will be a shattering effect. I don't know that it means anything yeah, the way that it did in Xenogears. I wondered about that. Yeah. In Xenogears, it definitely, definitely is central to like the yes. whole thematic like yeah. content of the game. I've thought about it for ten, and I don't. I can't really come up with anything specific that they're trying to say with that, other than it's time to fight. Time to fight now. <laughs> <laughs> it's interrupting you. Yeah. Um, this is where uh, Yuna basically asks Titus to be one of her guardians. Yeah. Yes. And. Um, so it's, I think it's yeah. Lulu who comes up and says, she wants you to be her guardian. Yeah. Um, I would assume. Oh, this was such an interesting exchange too. Yeah. Cause it's like, why? And she's like, I just. I want him to I be. I just want you around. Close by. Right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like sort of embarrassing, but yeah. Yeah. So, so Yuna is, is trying to, it's like fine. If he's not going to be my guardian, right? If there's like a process to this and he has to be. Yeah, initiated you know, and yeah. If that's the case, then I just I want him to be close yeah, to us. Just I want him, him to travel us. with us. So she's basically the the plan before this point was to just take him to Luca to the Blitzball tournament and then maybe yeah. someone would recognize him there. Yes. And he could go back to his other life that they think mm -hmm. he has that he forgot because he got too close to Sin's toxin. Yeah. But now she's saying like, oh, don't stay in Luca. Come with us on the pilgrimage all the way through with us. I want you to be with us the whole way, which is a big ask. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I, I would feel Lulu would be ob opposed to this. Right. But accommodating to what Yuna wants, again, given what she understands the final destination of this pilgrimage is. It's like, you know, anyways, I'll talk more about that later. But... Uh, You'll, you'll find that Lulu begins to talk a little bit differently about Titus kind of from this point onward, like she's not quite as, uh, 
dismissive or condescending toward him. Yeah. And this is where I, I would have liked a scene. Maybe something in between where, where mm. Yuna and Lulu talk. And, and Lulu mm. could say like, no, like he should yeah. not come with us. That's really bad idea for this and this and this reason. And he, and, and maybe Yuna could see through the reasons and be like, mm. look, I know that you're bothered because of Chapu or whatever, but like, right. this is not Chapu. This, this boy's father served my father right. on his pilgrimage. Yeah. And I want him to come with us. This can't be on accident that he showed up that Jack's son is here. Right. That, that, that there's got to be and a reason. And that's a good argument. Right. And they in could which have case, this... like, all right, I see your point. They could have this conversation, and then it would it would make a, like a nice, smooth transition to Lulu treating Titus with a little bit more respect. Yeah. Uh, because I was a little bit taken aback the first time playing the game, where it was like Lulu was tell, t- telling us to our face how dumb we are mm-hmm. in one scene, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like she's kind of just like... Real, she has this really different disposition about him, yeah. kind of from then on. Mm. Um, anyways, this is the thing I was referencing earlier that I was talking about with um, with the patrons and stuff. Uh, yeah. But there's a, there's another place where this could have happened too on the next boat from Kilika to Luka, but we're not going to get there today, so I might bring it up again next week. But okay. there is a shift in the way that Lulu is um, treating Titus kind of from this point onward, and I think it's probably because Yuna talk talk to her about wanting Titus to come with them and, and, and yeah. Lulu is trying to be accommodating to her because she understands where they're going and what's going to happen at the end of this and mm-hmm. they probably had a conversation that we didn't see on screen. Yeah, it would be implicit, yeah. I, I wish that was on screen is all I'm saying and that, uh, you know, you could have had Titus maybe like uh, eavesdrop on this or something or hear mm. it. Kind of like he did with Lulu and Waka earlier, like he's going to do with Lulu and Waka on the next ship ride. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of eavesdropping he's doing. That, that sort of, a little scene like that I think would have been nice. But Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so you're going through this f- jungle and there's a bunch of crusader dudes and you fight uh, a monster in there blocking the road and there's not really much to talk about in the forest itself, I don't think, right? No, um, not until we get to the steps you, you of the temple. you get to the steps of the temple at the end of this, and they're having a little race. It's like <laughs> the Blitzball dudes and Waka and yeah. Titus like, oh, we're going to race you up the stairs. And I really like Yuna. She, she's supposed to be officiating. She's going to count down. And as she's counting down, she takes off first. <laughs> she doesn't get all the way down the countdown. Like, hey, wait a minute. Like, I that chase great. her up the stairs. I love how, how uh, aback Titus is taken yeah. because he doesn't, do anything like she runs up and he's like what and then they run up and he's like what and then he's looking around and he's alone and it's like you weren't ready for this were you nope. <laughs> so uh, funny but anyway. i love it so we start walking up the steps and then this is a foregone conclusion we can't win yeah and then all of a sudden they start running back, back down, down the steps they're like ah <laughs> there was a big monster up there right yep. so i thought that was great that was yeah. super funny it's funny you fight that monster yeah, i gotta go then... kill the monster that's where we... Well, after that, after you kill the monster, is where it's then revealed from Waka that Chapu was his brother. Yes. And it's right after we killed the well, monster. He he did tell you that back on Besaid. He was oh, like, my brother, remember. Chapu, oh, okay, okay. back there. It's the first time I remember. But this scene... I remember him saying it. This scene is another one of those... Okay, okay again, where wishing there was some harsh. scene of transition because she's, yeah. she's really harsh. She, she is, and I thought so too. 
until I learned that that was her fiance. Because right. when it's like, oh, this is Waka's brother, and Waka brings up, oh man, don't you think maybe the people who sin kills, like, come to life in another world, or kind of like you, Titus? Yes. Where he brings that up. He begins, and to, it's like, he yeah, begins to, like, he begins to theorize that maybe Chapu didn't die, but he was taken yeah, somewhere. because sin, he like sucks people into him, right? Yes. And then it's like, well, do they die, or do they just kind of like get taken somewhere else? Like you did, Yeah. To and, hear. And that's where Lulu's like, no, that's not how it works. Don't even pretend that that might be how it works. Shut yeah. up, your brother's dead. Deal with it, live with it. Your yeah. brother is dead, and she turns and leaves. And, she's, and, and she even not says like- knowing her relationship with him, yeah. it's like, wow, who is she to be talking to him like that yeah. about the grief he feels for his family? Yeah. But you find out a little later that her and Chapu were kind of family They were too. basically uh, yeah. brother and sister-in-law, right? Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. would have been. So that's the kind of the relationship they have is a brother and sister relationship. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, she even uses, she even says it's pathetic and sad. It's pathetic, <laughs> yes. Oh, and it's just like really oof. hard hitting, right? Uh, but Waka doesn't take it too hard. He doesn't. Like he listens and he's like, yeah, okay. And he sits down on the steps and he's like, I still feel like there's something here. Like yeah. I still feel, I still don't agree with Lulu that he's gone permanently. Yeah. But it's like, if somebody had told me what Lulu told Waka yeah. after my brother died, yeah. and I was hopeful that maybe he wasn't I would dead, have been pissed. I would have, my ego would have taken over and I would have either just been crying, upset, or I would have been mad and just like, you go away, we're gonna fight right now. Yeah. Um, but Waka has almost, almost no ego. Now we talk about- In one, in, in one way yeah. he does. In one way he but does. But in most other ways, no. For the most part, he just lets it go, you know? So even these harsh words show up, but he knows, oh, me and Lulu are cool. Like, she's not, she doesn't mean to hurt me. She probably has a point, I'll just think about it. You know, that, like, yeah. who would do that? But that's yeah. Waka there, and that's one of the really, that's probably the best aspect of his character, yes. is how easygoing he is, even when things are difficult and he is emotional. He, he doesn't let his um, ego take control. He doesn't let his anger, you know, take control and make it worse than it needs to be. And again, I love that they show these aspects of his personality first. first. <laughs> Cause you just really yeah, like he, the he's, guy. He's not a perfect person. That's he's just, sure. he's just like, a, his, his heart yeah. is so big and yes. like he's, yep. he wants to do the right thing and he doesn't like, He's not quick to anger. He's yes. he's introspective. He's yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. all these aspects of him that just make him like a really lovable character. And I just love that for again something we'll talk about next episode. But okay. Um, anyway, then we come to the temple, and that's a good. That's, that's good where place we decided to, to leave off for this week. So yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, looking forward to reading your comments. There there was um, here's the thing like. As the podcast grows, and in particular on titles like this that are going to get more views than yeah. some of the other ones do, it, it, it's, it becomes more and more difficult to keep up with all the comments. And so, um, uh, yeah. you know, addressing, which is something we like to do at the end, to address like some of the comments along the way and, you know, converse with the, the people uh, who are watching. Um, I want to try and, and do this a little bit along the way. Okay. Sure. So that we don't get so overwhelmed by like <laughs> 10 or 12 videos worth of like, you know, 700 comments yeah, yeah. to try to go find them. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the 
most commented things in episode two, I was, I, I, I kind of had to chuckle to myself a little bit about yeah. it because um, so often we ride this very the spoiler line. tight, tight rope sort of like line yeah. of spoilers. Yeah. And more often than not, people accuse me of having crossed it. <laughs> They're like, that's a spoiler, you shouldn't have yeah. said that, or, or something like that. And, and we're, we're trying, people. Here's the thing, is that in most cases, I'm not spoiler sensitive, because to mm. me, the context is more important than For knowing a thing about it. It's sure, like, sure. why is that even important? Mm. If I don't know that, then you can tell me that and be like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Like, yeah. You know, it's one of the obvious ones, like, oh, this character dies or something. It's like, oh, now I know that character going to die. That sucks. Right. But there are other elements where it's like, there's just so much to this world that you don't know having not done it or seen it or read it or whatever before, that you could say it, you just blurt it out, and the person would not be aware of what you're talking about. They wouldn't all. even know it's a spoiler. Yes. Yeah. They can't, it's one of those things where you can't yeah. know unless you've played it before. And so... And that happens a lot. That happens a lot, yeah. <laughs> happens a lot where <clears throat> I'll say something and be like, oh, that's a spoiler. But it's like, that's only a spoiler because you've played the game. <laughs> it's not really a spoiler. No one would be able to draw from what I said, like the, the <laughs> reason or the, the context of it to, anyway, spoil it for themselves. Yes. Now, and, and how, it would be very difficult, and we, we're doing this to some extent, but it would be very difficult for us to ignore all elements of foreshadowing. Yes and still analyze properly a yes. deep game like this yes. without spoiling anything. I now, mean, the foreshadowing, it's foreshadowing for a reason. Yes. And sometimes it's harder for us to remember halfway through the game to be like, oh, this was foreshadowed in episode three, but we didn't mention it. You right. Know? Now, the opposite is true of what we talked about or what we didn't say mm -hmm. <laughs> in uh, episode two there in Xanarkin. There was something that I I believe is a massive spoiler to bring up that I think probably 25 or 30 people in the comments just fetching like totally said it. And so if you I have no one if reads you the have, comments. if you have not played this game, do not read the comments of that episode. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> it was like it was it's crazy to me because usually I'm the one who's not spoiler sensitive and everyone's like yelling at me but like all these people were just like totally cool with saying this. So this is your warning if you yeah. have not played the game before, since we're at the end of the episode anyways, to peace out and maybe return to this later or maybe we'll talk about it again later. But um, okay. I'm gonna bring it up because a bunch of people did and I, I just want you to know like, yes, it's another element of that scene that's really cool uh, when you know what's going on. So okay. peace out if you haven't played it. Fine. Um, when Aaron is standing on top of the precipice. I saw that comment. Yeah. I know the comment you're talking about. It's the one that stood out to me too as, yeah. as I was reading him. Yeah, so uh, he, he's holding his jug of sake yes. when he points toward um, Sin as it's approaching. Yes. Now this is a, a gesture of like a toast. Yes. Right, he's like toasting. And you don't see his hand all that well. No. But that's the you, idea, you, you he's holding it, a jug. Yeah, you see yes. it in his hand in the shot before, but like from the angle behind, you don't really see it in his, his, his body's yes. kind of blocking it's it. It's hidden on purpose because they don't want to make it obvious. Sure, yes. Which yeah. is why I didn't. Which is why we don't then <laughs> make it obvious. Yeah. I didn't want to make it obvious. Anyways, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm constantly like going too far yeah. one direction. You know what though? But, I didn't know that. Yes. I hadn't noticed that. Yes, and so when right. I read that comment, I was like, 
oh my gosh, that's it. That's right. totally it. Right. So I actually added it as a note to talk about, but I put it at the bottom where my end of game notes are. Oh, right. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, He's basically so, raising a toast to his old friend. Yes, because, yeah. and we're actually going to learn this pretty soon, so it's not yeah. going to be a spoiler for too much longer. Okay. Jacked is sin. Right. Right? And so, like, we're going to probably talk about that in the next episode, because Aaron comes back. Oh, you're right. And he tells Titus, basically, Yuna doesn't know, sin. but we know her yes. before Yuna right. knows. That's true. So yeah. this is probably something we can bring up again next time, and it won't be a spoiler anymore. But yeah. I just want people to be aware, like, yes, he, he knows. I was trying to say, like, he was expectantly See, pointing at Because what sin. I thought <laughs> was that he was summoning sin. Not some, because I get how that worked, but yes. how he was more or less bringing, uh, assisting in the bringing forth of sin into the world. Yes. Uh, and then you said he was more or less just making a gesture towards sin. Yes. And then there's this third one, which is even further than that, which yes. is no, he's just like. Yes, I, I was. I was trying to say it in a way that yeah. wouldn't feel like a spoiler. He was expectantly pointing at this monster. Yes. <laughs> but like. He's actually toasting it with his jar of sake that he's got. He's he's like, I see you there. Like, let's do this kind of a thing. Yeah. There's a plan involved. He understands what's coming. He, he he's totally aware of it. Um. Anyways, so yeah, he and Jack were friends because they both served as Braska's guardians. Yeah. On Braska's pilgrimage, and so when Jack, when the final summoning happens, and Jack becomes sin, right. He, he, and that's why he turns and talks to Sin, like, are you sure? Yes. Right? Yeah. In that scene, because he's, he's speaking to I have Jack. another note on that, too, for the end right? of the game. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. So, he knows that Jekt is Sin, and yeah. that's why he's doing that gesture. So, just want to let you know. I'm aware of that. <laughs> I just thought it was a huge spoiler, but everybody else <laughs> wanted to, like, blurt it out in the comments. And, and maybe that's because we told people not to read the comments <laughs> to avoid spoilers before. I hope we before. told them, yeah. And so that's maybe why people felt like, okay, I mm. can just type spoilers in the comments. True. But, so, I'm not we, trying we to aren't, like... We aren't going to moderate. We're not going to no. delete comments, you know. No, it, right. It would, we don't have time for that, you know. Right. I don't know that we'd do it anyways. But, anyways, uh, that was one thing that was brought up a, a lot. Um, there were a couple other really interesting comments. So, like, Heon brought up about, like, Aaron's design. Right. Yeah. Um, the the arm out of the sling thing. Oh yeah. So um, uh, the kimonos were not like optimal clothing for fighting in. Right. Right. They're, they're very loose and stuff. So what samurai would do is they would sort of tie the kimono, like mm. so that it's tight around the arm. And okay. you'll notice that that is the case on his sword arm, not the one that's hanging in the sleeve, but the one that he the fights with. Mm. It's his kimono is sort of like tighter on his arm like that. Mm. Um, but, you know, the idea was that samurai would sort of sh shove off the sleeves and then fight yeah. with their arms out of the sleeves in order to give them better mobility without yeah. the sleeves on. And so that that hmm. gesture might have been, particularly if it was their sword arm itself. I was thinking that. It actually gives you quick access to your yes. sword it's, it's if almost, you're right there. It's almost a signal like I'm ready to fight at any time. Yeah. Right? Like this arm is out of the sleeve and it's near my sword. It's like six sword, inches from the sword. And so I could draw really quickly yeah. kind of a thing. And that that maybe was like what it indicated uh, in Samurai Days. Now, hmm. the fact that Jekt, or that Aaron's non-sword arm is the one hanging instead of his actual sword arm. It's yeah. probably just Nomura maybe not being aware 
of his own culture. Why <laughs> yeah. they did that or something like that, but I, I thought that that was a good explanation of the design. Well, it makes a lot there, of sense. There is a scene later on where where this he shrugs the sleeve off completely. Yes, I remember this. Yes. and then he's that. That was like that was really cool. Yeah, I like seeing that. That is coming later. Um, uh, there was one person who uh, actually. This is another interesting comment from Heon. Let me pull this up real quick. Um, someone was asking, okay, what what the heck is an Abe? Because <laughs> the Xanarkin <laughs> Abes, right? Yeah, and I saw you had responded to that. Yeah, so my I response wonder, was uh, just a guess on like what I thought it, like a, 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 an equivalent sort of like real life example could be, but uh, there was actually a really interesting comment from Heon underneath mine that I really liked. So I'm going to pull it up here real quick and read it. Yeah, so um, the only... The only use of that word that I had ever heard of before, Abe, is an abbreviation of the name Abraham. Sure. Yeah. You know, like Abe Lincoln or something like yeah. that. So my thought was maybe someone named Abraham founded this Blitzball team. Sure. Or was the original coach. Or, and they're the Abrahams. And so they were called Abes. the Abrahams and now they just call them the Abes. Yeah. The, the real life equivalent to this that I'm aware of is the Cleveland Browns, mm. who were founded and coached by Paul Brown when the team was founded for the first 25 years. He ended up eventually uh, founding the Cincinnati Bengals later as well. But anyways, that's why they're called the Browns after Paul Brown, right? So that was my thought, was like, maybe that's why. <laughs> but uh, what Heon said here was really actually cool and way more um, along the lines of the type of symbolism that you've been uh, oh, bringing yeah. up over and over again, which I thought was actually really interesting. Sweet. So I want to read it real quick. Hold on, let's see if I can find it. There was a lot of comments on this episode. Oh, here's another thing that was interesting. We were looking at the difference between the Japanese and the English versions with the the hey, hey, and the... So yeah. that was actually in the international version, or, or the original English version of Oh, it the was game. in the English version. They so took, it's just not in the remastered? They took it out of the remastered. Really? There's several lines of dialogue, apparently that have been removed mm. from the English why remastered that? version. Why? Which was really confusing to me. I don't know why. It, it's weird. really weird. I wonder if it was even on purpose. But it yeah, might have so, been accidental. So that is, and I wanted to also say, um, I, I pinned a comment where I tried to you know, let people know that I had seen this. Uh, not everyone saw it, I think, because some people were commenting about it. But from the video we were watching where you're approaching um, you know, uh, down to where like boy Titus is at when he's kind of swimming mm -hmm. down at the end. Yeah. And we saw that little ghostly figure and we were trying mm -hmm. to figure out who that was and it was really hard to see. Yeah. If you approach it from the right angle and quickly enough before, before the figure disappears, the uh, oh. it'll, it'll cut to an angle that's much more clear mm -hmm. and you can see that it is definitely jacked. Okay. It is 100% jacked. Okay. And taking account of the actual environment that it's in, which we will see again later, um, it, it, of course it's Jekt. This is mm. basically where you confront Jekt near the end of the game. Same exact right. like arena, basically, mm. right? It's like, anyway. So that's definitely Jekt, the, the ghostly figure there that the boy Titus is hiding behind there uh, is definitely Jekt, 100%. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and it was interesting to, to learn that that hey, hey from Jekt yeah. is cut for some reason from the remastered version in English. Hmm. Really weird. Um, 
a lot of people are saying that they liked how you seemed to be uh, uh, taking charge a little more in this last episode with all the um, symbolism stuff. They're loving it. So. Oh, good. I was wondering. I was like, hey, do I keep going with this? Because there's so <laughs> this game's so rich. Yeah. But I was wondering. I was waiting to see people's response to episode two before I decided to keep going with some of the symbolism. Yeah. It, it's nice to it. know that a a your favorite game had a lot of thought put behind it, you know? Yeah. That it wasn't just kind of random, that it all meant something. You yeah. know, and that contributes to video games as an art form, too. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, greatly, I think. Because this is what films do. Movies do this. Like, Martin Scorsese does this all the time. Yeah. Terrence Malick, you know, his movies are all about symbolism. That's right. part of what makes them so artistic. Yeah, that's what I really liked about um, Tree of Life. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you can watch that movie and just feel like, what? <laughs> right, <laughs> but if like, you don't get what things mean. Yeah, yeah, when you're looking at the symbolism of it, it's actually pretty pretty great. Yeah, it's very profound. I know that I was, okay, here it is. It's from okay. K. Patterson, 14206. So I have a question. What the heck is an Abe? So, you know, I gave my response, which I just explained. I love this one from he on here. He says, I found this, which would have been super interesting had it not been discovered in 2010. So this was discovered after the oh, So it can't the be the released. explanation, but let's well, hear it. Well, there's something else that's kind of cool about it. Though. Yeah. So he says, Abe's is a monotypic moth genus of the family Arab Arabidae. I don't know how to pronounce that. Its only species, Abe's, Vedi, is known from northwestern Thailand. Both the genus and the species were first described by Michael Fibiger in 2010. Hmm. But, given the Arabic uh, architectural references in Xanarkand, it's worth noting yes. that in Ottoman Turkish, based off of Arabic, Abes means pointless or without purpose, which, is, uh, which has a certain poetic hmm. irony to it when you realize that the Xanarkand Abes are engaged in an a, in a ask of reenacting and winning blitzball matches lost to history within a dream, which is antithetical to the very spirit of competitive sports, hence pointless and without purpose. <laughs> wow. Well, that's interesting. That's, that was crazy. They did draw on a lot of Central Asian and Middle Eastern, you know, sources for, for this game. So yeah. that's a little crazy. I wonder about that. Yeah, whether that could have been purposeful or yeah. something. Like the, their, Sometimes the blitz they ball surprise that, me, though. The blitz ball they play in Dreams Anarchy being completely pointless. Yes. Therefore, Abe's, right? Yeah. Crazy. I was like, wow, that, that could, that could, there could be something to that. So, Wow, anyway, that's fascinating. Wanted to bring some of those comments up cool. now so that we don't get, like I said, overwhelmed by the end of the podcast. I think and, it's a good uh, idea. Not have a idea. chance to address them. So, and, and it's it, also kind of nice at the end of a podcast to be able to talk freely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just like if you, if it, that's I actually know, a good may, point. Well, maybe some people don't want. Maybe some people want to. I don't know. I, I have FOMO, so even if it's something, <laughs> even if, I've talked about this a hundred times. But even if. If I've gotten this far through a podcast and it's like, hey, don't listen to the last 10 minutes, yeah. I'll probably just listen to the yeah, last 10 minutes. Yeah, because you're afraid what you Although I'm very out. sensitive to spoilers, so I probably wouldn't really. But, yeah. you know, I would feel a little resentful that the podcast continues, but I can't be a part of it. That is a fair point. I do, however, feel like this could be a good way to continue to sort of like uh, build on the spirit of the book club format. Where oh, sure. we're actually, actually taking you know what? comments right. and responding to them you're throughout right. the thing as if they're sitting here with us. Yeah, you're right. Rather than like holding that off for the end. So I like the idea of doing it and I like the idea that we can do it while discussing spoilers and just, but like you said, that yeah. is the one downside. 
So I don't know. We'll see what people think. Well, about but it. it's you know as long as we warned people, you know, and they got to hear most of the whole podcast, so yeah, shouldn't be a big deal. I don't think. Anyway, maybe, maybe for certain games where less people have played it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Thanks everybody for watching. Yes. We appreciate you. For the next episode, you'll want to play all the way through the Luca uh, sequence, all the way through the Blitzball tournament. Yeah, past that. Everything that happens there, um, and then go down the Meehan High Road. All the way until you reach the inn where Aaron tells everybody to stop and rest. Waka will complain for a second, like, oh, I'm not tired. And mm. Aaron will say, but I am, so we're going to stop. Uh, there's a safe point inside of that inn. Uh, that's where uh, we, we're going to stop yeah. for next time. So uh, we'll be talking about Blitzball and Luca and all that stuff next time. Thank you for watching. We'll see you again next week, and peace out.